the cool kids sit at the back of the bus. yourself why why convince yourself that you're going to make a total life change and do something extravagant and just then the yep and then two weeks you right back to your normal routine so i'm gonna just skip the middleman and just stick with my normal routine yep 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 so with that being said let's do something <laughs> back in the bus stop so that it was always with the homie marcus and the homie josh mm-hmm. we will get into a couple things I don't know what all you got going on, but we'll figure it out. I kind of wanted to preview my thing, but I didn't want to give it away yet. So let's just get into the main topics. First thing. Secretive today. Yeah, but it's, it's going to come out in the end. First thing. World War Three. Yeah, so uh, I think we done fucked up. Big time. A little bit. Um, Just I guess. Anybody listening to this knows what's going on, but just to kind of level set and set the stage here, the U.S. was responsible for the assassination of General Soleimani, um, the top military general in um, in Iran. Um, that just happened on Thursday, Thursday night, Friday. Right, yeah. Um. The claims from U.S. officials, uh, Secretary of Defense Mike Pompeo, is that uh, Soleimani, on top of making, you know, causing the, the loss of numerous American lives, posed an immediate threat to American lives at the time. And so it was necessary for us to, uh, to take that shot. Um, no evidence has been presented to support that fact yet. Yeah, yeah right, right. And this coming off the heels of, you know, finding out that we were been lied to for the past decade and a half about the Iraq war. And so here we go, full fledged into another war abroad in some Middle Eastern country that already wanted us dead and now has a complete reason to make us dead. And that none of us even asked for. Dog. I ain't got no problem with no Iranians. Right. I ain't got no beef with them. Right. And I feel like they've been they've been kinda amping this up. They've been lining this up for like since the summer you remember over the summer where they were floating that video around um we had that oil tanker or that that oil uh not oil tanker but that oil ship mm-hmm. in um in off, off the coast of japan yeah. they said the iranians put a pipe bomb on it and blow a hole blew a hole in the side of it they had that that video of those people showing up in the raft and putting the thing on the damn ship and mm-hmm. driving off and they just knew it was the iranians right so that and then fast forward five months, and now we're giving out a, a, a trillion dollar increase in the defense spending that Democrats were all too happy to give. Two, excuse me, two mil, two trillion dollar increase in the in the military budget, which the mil, the Democrats were all too happy to give him in the midst of an impeachment. I, I, weird. 
Yeah, well, not not really because they all like war. Oh, war yeah, war is good for business. Um, I mean, I, you know, you haven't seen too many Democratic congressmen coming out. At least the ones that you would expect, but not too many have come out and said, "Hey, you just kind of unilaterally performed a uh, act of war on another country. You didn't really consult us." Right. You know, I, I, I thought maybe I'm mistaken, but I thought that was a thing that the president has to consult Congress before going to war. Mm-hmm. And I would think it could just be me. I could be, you know, completely out of my depth here. But I thought that killing the top general of a, another country would be pretty much the finding point of starting a war. Yeah. So, but hey, you know. Our uh, American Republican Party sure love love their orange general in chief. So, I'll just build a bomb shelter out back or something. Probably a good idea. Yep. Yep. Definitely a good idea. Also, um, this this shit is not funny. And I know we enjoy Black Twitter, and we keep having this debate about like people taking serious issues and just making jokes of them for the sake of social media, and like this is. Admittedly, this is one of the the further extremes, but the rule still holds true. Like motherfuckers is still out here making jokes about it as if World War Three is just some trendy topic to talk about on the fucking internet. Yeah, yeah, a lot of memes. I, I like I don't get it. What what is that? What, why is it funny to talk about? Because if you think about it, a lot of these people that's out here making these jokes all over Twitter and shit. You got uncles, cousins, nephews, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers that's going gonna have to go fight this war. Mm-hmm. It's gonna have to go lay down their life for this war. It's not gonna be an Instagram meme. It's not gonna be a Twitter meme. Then, when 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 your people is getting sent back in, in boxes, mm-hmm. you fighting somebody else's war. True, uh, but if I understand Twitter, how I think I understand Twitter is that a lot of humor on Twitter is self-deprecating and so does that make it any better you're going to self-deprecate about war no no it doesn't make it any better but i understand why it's happening i guess it's it's empty pessimism to me it's like okay you want to call it satire you want to say that you're you're being sarcastic or whatever that's fine but then to also at simultaneously be so disconnected from any type of political discussion in this country the only thing you know is that Trump bombed a general in Iran, and that's the trending topic on Twitter. So let me hop in and make a joke. Yeah. Right? Like, don't you don't know anything else about it. You don't know why you should be worried. You don't, you don't know anything. You just know people is talking about it on this platform. Let, let me jump in. Yeah, let me jump in. So let me ask you this. So I know that this is bad for obvious reasons, but do you really think that it's a, to the magnitude of World War Three? Here's here's what I'll say. Um, we went to Iraq in two thousand and what two two thousand three, yeah. right? We're still there today. It's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. It's been seventeen years. Mm-hmm. So, does it have to be something where we fear a foreign invasion or when we're sending? you know, millions of troops over there to fight an entire continent like it was in, in World War II. Maybe not. Does that make it any less any less pressing or any less dire 
that we're going to be in another endless war in, in, in another Middle East country, destabilizing an entire region for what? Yeah, for what? For what kind of return? Like, it's, it's always funny to hear people who would defend, like, having a robust military and continuously raising the, the funding for that sector of the government because, oh, well, it keeps us safe, and we have to protect uh, democracy abroad. How are you protecting democracy abroad, killing government officials with airstrikes, killing civilians, by the way? Let's not just focus on the terrorists because, I mean, Soleimani wasn't a good guy, so not, not to defend him in any way, shape, or form. Or not, not even to say that he didn't get what he deserved, but to just go about it in a kind of like helter skelter way, like ah, oh, hey, hey, he rolling down the road right now. We got him on the drone. What you want to do? What you want to do? Shoot a shot. Shoot, shoot your shot. Shoot a dribble. Shoot a dribble. Do it right now. Right now. Right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like what? What? You don't have no. Don't tell me we don't have any like assets in that country. If if it's absolutely necessary that the man is gone, which I I'm skeptical about the whole reasoning that it had to happen now, but if you're telling me that he posed an immediate threat, you don't have any assets in Iran, really. You you don't want to send in a black op, black ops team like if you can send in fighter jets to drop bombs on this man while he's in a car in the middle of a public place. If you're that brazen. Then we can't get a black ops team in there. I'm I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a general. Uh, I don't have a, a warlike mind, but I, I'm I'm thinking there are much more covert, excuse me, ways of doing this. Where maybe you even have some plausible deniability in it. You don't have to come right the fuck out and say, "Hey, we did it over here. <laughs> it was us." Right. You know what I mean? Like, is there a better way that we could have gone about this? Of course there was. Of course there was. The, the the brazen way in which they did this, the open way, the public way, the the, the way that is, is devoid of caring of any human life that, that, that was around this or in the vicinity of this, lets me know that they wanted this. You're, you're basically, you know what this is? This is you, a bully in middle school, right? And he's not getting a reaction out of you. Now he's going to use a public forum to embarrass you, to force you to react. He's not getting the reaction he wants out of you, so now he's going to try and embarrass you in a public place, forcing you to react. And, and don't make any mistake about it. Iran will respond because they have to. They have to. Imagine someone comes over here, shoots my Mike Pompeo in the head, God forbid, I don't want nobody to die, or, or blows up some other government official, uh, uh, Mattis or, or whatever, explosion, kills him. Boom, off earth, on American soil, kill civilians. Do you think there's not a person on, in this country that wouldn't be crying to Donald Trump to go over there and wipe them off the face of the earth? If they came onto our soil, killed a government official, and then claimed responsibility for it not 24 hours later, mm-hmm. we, would be, we would be telling them to, to drop a nuke on that country. Yeah. So Iraq has to respond. How they respond has me nervous, has me nervous. An already hostile country who really doesn't give a fuck about any type of, of they, I think they fear the military power of the U.S., but their response will be a strong response. It has to be because now the officials there, their leaders are facing political pressure. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how they will respond, but it'll happen. 
And that'll eventually lead to us being in another war. It has to. There, there's no other logical explanation for this, and it, and it seems completely obvious that that's what they wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That got pretty uh, heavy, quick. Um, on to other news. Once again, the baby is making our main topic. Hey, walk it. He was arrested, uh, this time in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anything about the story at all? Um, so from what I was reading about it or what I saw about it, it was, uh, because of a potential robbery. They were saying that he robbed the dude in Texas. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, the video I seen on it, you didn't really see none of the dude's face. The, the guy who was doing the robbing, he, he told dude to lay it down in the middle of the street, start patting him down. He had like something covering his face. I don't know if it was a mask or a scarf or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what I feel like is number one, if they didn't see your face and they arrested you and you were arraigned, somebody either snitched or you did some stupid shit and you was talking or you said your name or somebody saw you put the shit over your face before you went to go do the shit. They have, I think police are overzealous, but they're not idiots. Mm-hmm. So if they arrested you and they arranged you, they had something. Right. They had something. And so my my understanding of it is, okay, so if they have anything on you connecting you to this robbery at all, why? Ex- explain to me why you need to, to, to rob some random nigga. You need to beat him up because he said some shit to you or something like that. All right, fine. You can be a hothead. Why do you, what, what, what could he have on him that would cause you to rob him? Okay. You... Being the baby. The, let me tell the, uh, the background to it. Go ahead. So, apparently, this was a concert promoter that I think owed him a total of 30000 And oh. gave him 20000 or he shorted him 20000 one of the two. Um, and so, oh. the baby took $80 from him, uh, I guess an iPhone, a credit card, and then doused him with apple juice, which I didn't couldn't quite understand. Okay. Well, that well, the apple juice don't make sense, but now the running of the pockets makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that is apparently why it happened. Is there other? So ways then the the, the promoter probably snitched. Then nah, that's just a bad situation. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a bad situation. But he still could have gone about it. I feel like a different way. Yeah, but he is the baby, and that's kind of what. But like, ain't that what you got goons for? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You walk you walk with a million niggas. Like, you can't tell one of them niggas. Hey, go press that nigga for my money. <laughs> go go press that nigga. Like. You, you what 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 else do you have them niggas around you for smoking your weed, drinking your liquor, having sex with your women, mm-hmm. right? Just just literally on you, yeah. if not to to do shit like that. Absolutely. That's that's what I'm saying. You you got too many niggas around you for not for one of them not to have done what you had to do. And that's exactly what you keep them around for. Trying to figure out, bro. Um, sports takes. Sports, sports, sports. So. Let's go through some. Uh, let's do some NBA news here first. We've got some scores coming in from Friday. Lakers over the Pelicans, one twenty-three to one thirteen. Eighty showed the fuck out. Eighty showed the fuck out. Yeah, forty-six and eleven. I think LeBron chipped in with seventeen. Um, Celtics over the Hawks, one hundred nine, one hundred six. Celtics continue to roll. 
quick question. So I heard some rumors this week about um, Andre Drummond potentially being on the move from Detroit. Well, I was going to say, one of the hottest spots that they're talking about is the Hawks. So Trey Young, if they keep Trey Young, Hoarder, and um, John Collins and just adding Andre Drummond to that, that could be. I, I don't know if they're contending for the East, but that's a nice young team. That's a really nice young team. Sure. Now they have an anchor in the middle, so that that would be that would, would be interesting. Some other landing spots that I heard for uh, for Drummond potentially were the Mavericks, the Raptors. Um, there was another team. Oh, and uh, no, not Denver, not Denver. Was it Utah? Nah, it couldn't have been Utah because they got Gobert. There was another team involved in it, but. The Mavericks, the Raptors, and the Hawks were the, the main ones that I was seeing. Yeah, I and I, I think any of those teams, would that would scare me if, if Dallas gets them. Oh, for sure. That, that would scare the shit out of me because now yeah. they pretty much match us at every level. Yeah. They got two bigs to contend with AD and JaVale or AD and Dwight. They got Luka. Yeah, that, that would be yeah, as even of a matchup as we have. I think other than the Clippers in the West, so that would be pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Toronto is an interesting spot for him. That is, uh, you would have Pascal, mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, and uh, and Van Fleet, and with them already playing as well as they are, adding a piece like that would be kind of that would be kind of nice. Okay, that would be nice. Um, I'll get, I'm about to get into the rest of these scores here from Friday, but uh, did you see Kevin Love? Yep. Oh my! Oh, yeah, he, he he's pissed. He's fucking pissed. He was frustrated. He's back there looking at, at Sexton like, man, you don't throw me the ball. <laughs> he he got Chris Paul on his hip, and he's looking back at Colin Sexton like, man, if you don't throw me this damn ball, <laughs> so we can try to go two for one. Oh man, that was oof. that was pretty he bad. Was going so bad. Why did they trade Jordan Clarkson for Dante Exum? Like, what was the purpose of that? You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, I don't. I don't get I it. Don't know. I don't get it. Uh, continuing on with Friday, so Magic beat the Heat 105-85, uh, Blazers over the Wizards 122-103. Funny thing that happened in that game, uh, Isaiah Thomas gets thrown out like, in like 90, seconds. 90 seconds in the game for bumping a ref. Come on, that man. That was a whole weird situation because like you see him, and I think because Melo tried to go for the ball, he was just his, like pulling away or something ended like that. Up on the ref. Yeah, but then Isaiah Thomas then pushed him. A little bit. It was that was a weird situation. I don't know, man. If I'm a ref, I'm definitely not like throwing him yeah, out of the game. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, that was a little. Much. It was a little soft. Yeah, a little oh, yeah. soft. Big time. Uh, Rockets bested the Sixers one eighteen one oh eight, and the Suns beat the Knicks one twenty to one twelve. Um, the Buckeyes took an L L L L. Before we get into that, took an L L L L. Uh huh. Um, did you see Michael Porter Jr.? He's been hooping. Yeah. He's, he's been hooping. I like he's him. Extremely efficient. Uh, in a couple games, the Sacramento game and the Indiana game, he had over – he had close to – he had 19 and 25 mm-hmm. in those two games. Just, like I said, extremely efficient and, and making it happen. Honestly, I thought it was going to be Bol Bol who, um, who really came out of that pack. Mm-hmm. That 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 youth that they have there at Denver, who is going to be a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a seven-two 
shooting guard you would you would expect. But Michael Porter is six ten at the three, and right. he's hitting step back jumpers. He yeah. hitting from everywhere on the court. Mm-hmm. They kind of got a nasty, not like a nasty combination of established players who can win now, and then a lot of like projects that if they hit, they are going to be a very unique team to oh, come. For sure. For sure. Um, don't fear them at all this year, but yeah, for years like to Jamal come. Uh, yeah, no, fuck Jamal Murray. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, no, to come, they they got a bright future. They got Absolutely. a bright future. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So back to what I wanted to talk about. What? Yo, Buckeyes huh? taking the L to to Wisconsin this week on Friday. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. Four points. We're not too mad about that. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to just wanted to let everybody know they lost. Uh, let's see. You know, we have some more college football game. scores. Football, we're we're talking about college basketball. Yeah, Fo- college, college football is over until January thirteenth when LSU is crowned the national championship after let's hope. after dragging Clemson let's through the mud. Why why we gotta hope, bro? Oh, you don't want Clemson to win. I don't want Clemson to win, and I want my Buckeyes to win the national championship. Sounds like you're hating. Maryland beat Indiana 75-59. Butler bested Creighton 71-57. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech over Oklahoma State 85-50. Oh, Jesus, Oklahoma nice. State. Um, Memphis went down to Georgia 65-62. So that was a bit of an upset. Uh, Penn State over Iowa 89-86. Kentucky got a dub against Missouri 71-59. Mm-hmm. And Villanova fell to Marquette 71-60. Michigan's got um, Michigan State today. That'll be a big game. Gross and grossing. Hating about the two best teams in the Big Ten, basketball-wise? Gross and grossing. Okay. Anyways, that's all I got for the college basketball landscape. Um, do you have anything else, main topics? Um, yeah, so as it relates to um, – Pro basketball as well. I know we kind of already left that, but uh, David Stern mm-hmm. passed away sometime earlier last week, um, and so you know, RIP to David Stern. That was New Year's Day, actually. That was. Yeah, yep, you're right. that was New Year's right. Day. Yeah. Um, as far as sports commissioners go, he, he was a force. Um, one of the longer tenured NBA commissioners. Big time. Um. Honestly, when I think of the NBA commissioner, I probably still think of Dur- David Stern more than I do Adam Silver. Really? Um, I, I mean, I, that makes sense because he's been there. Yeah, long. he's been there longer. Um, I, when I think of what the NBA is now compared to how what it was, aggressive it is mm-hmm. now. I think of Adam Silver. Yeah. But I, I guess I understand what you're saying with that. It's just, I think, in terms of longevity, you think of Stern before you think of Silver. But yeah. I, I definitely agree. Um, Silver has kind of elevated it. I think David Stern solidified the NBA as like a business conglomerate, right? Mm-hmm. So he he got it on the maybe not in terms of revenue, but in terms of status, he got it on the level of the NFL mm-hmm. to make it a like a mainstream product. And then Adam Silver came in and he started to kind of improve the relationship with the players, I yeah. believe. Yeah. I think he made it more of a, at least seemingly, of a partnership, giving them more ownership over their own careers, their own livelihoods, really the product of them, yeah. right? So it, it was a little bit more of a partnership 
in terms of the players working with the owners in that league. Especially when you kind of look at their counterpart in the NFL, how they don't have guaranteed contracts, um, the multitudes of issues that they have, the, the lack of black um, oh. black representation and owner, not just ownership, because you can apply that to the NBA as well, but uh, executive positions within the, the NFL, right? There's an extreme lack of executives in the NFL in terms of presidents, in terms of um, general managers, things of that nature, and that's much so a difference in the NBA as opposed to the NFL. So um, I think Adam Silver, like I said, took it to another level, but David Stern was probably the one who solidified the NBA as a, a force yeah. in terms of that being a league. Um, when you turn, when you talk about the, the league being a little bit more profitable than leagues like the NHL and the, the MLB, that's probably due to the the business prowess of, of David Stern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, getting out of this love fest, that I, I definitely <laughs> wasn't a fan of the man while he was here. Um, right, he right. stopped my Lakers from getting Chris Paul. Would have oh, changed okay. the trajectory of Kobe's career, Chris Paul's career, the NBA as a whole. We still we still be looking at LeBron as an underachiever if Chris Paul came to the Lakers, dog. That's a fact. That is, that is a fact. Yes. That that is a absolute fact. If if Kevin Durant's OKC with Russell Westbrook and James Harden were able to push them to five, if or wait, was it five or six? It was five. Was it six? I can't, I can't either. If uh Dirk Nowinski's Mavs could have gotten a, an entire they they beat the 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 Heat mm-hmm. that year. If those things could have fell into place with the Lakers still having Pau Gasol, Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant. Dwight Howard? Dog. No, nah, Dwight, I don't think Dwight was on that team. Was he? Wasn't that the year that instead of getting Chris Paul, they got... Oh, Dwight yeah, Dwight. and then Bynum was going... Oh, yeah. So Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, we probably would have had to trade Dwight because his head wasn't right back then. Mm-hmm. But still would have Pau Gasol, Kobe, and Chris Paul. Dog. Ain't no fucking way. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no way on God's green earth LeBron would have beat that team. Yeah. Ain't no way. No, Just wouldn't happen. Right. Wouldn't right. happen. Would have changed the whole trajectory of the league. Yeah. Kobe would have been sitting with like six or seven. Okay. Mm. Or the overall league or no. Anyway. When David Stern crushing. R.I.P. David Stern. When I think Christian. of David Stern, I think of uh, AI. The yeah, whole the whole dress code, code thing. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. Thing For about. sure. Yeah, I mean, you definitely can't take away his legacy in the NBA and how much he's impacted the NBA. Good, like good and bad, but the one thing you can't take away from him is that he definitely elevated the game. Yes. And that's, that's all, and as much as you can that, say. Uh, David Stern. Absolutely. Um, I believe you had uh, something that you wanted to say as far as Tom Brady, so I'll let you get done with that. You don't, first of all, you address, we talked about this last week. You know how you address <laughs> that man. Tom Brady. Tom the Goat Brady. So, um, with, with with me being a close friend, um, I, I have my own nicknames. I call him Tom Brazy. Uh, Tom Brazy. But he's popping up on my L's, week, L's list this week for sure. Um, took a loss last night to the Tennessee Titans in the wild card round of the AFC playoffs. Um, final pass of the game was a pick six that sealed the game. 
just uh, not a not a good way to end the, end the year with a, a loss to the Dolphins and then a, a follow up loss in the wild card round to the 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 underdog Titans. Um, you know, it's ironic that Tom Brady wears the number twelve. You're about to say something that's going to piss me off. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Tannehill definitely gave him a nice little one-two punch. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Come on. That was funny. Fuck you. I, um, I guess I, would, I can be disappointed for Tom. I, I honestly don't care because I don't watch the NFL. But right. um, it, I feel bad for him because on one hand, he's the GOAT. On the other hand, you don't want to go out like that. And I feel like this was – we're in those years where if he just decides, you know what, I'm done playing football, he's good. But you don't want to end it here. So now yeah. it's almost like he has to come back. Yeah, you know, you don't want to end it your last pass of your career being a pick six. So now you got to come back for a whole another year. One of the only times that you made it to the wild card round and you lose. Yeah. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be honestly, I'm gonna be absolutely clear. N- this in no way takes away from the greater legacy of Tom Brady. It it, it would be impossible to. It would be impossible. If the MAGA hat didn't do it. This is what they did. Uh, listen, we're not talking about that right now. No. We're talking about oh, Tom, okay. the football player, Brady. Yeah. The Maga football Hat player. Brady. No, he's not Maga Hat Brady on the field. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, in his locker. Yeah, right. In the locker. Oh, okay. Okay. He lead that shit in the locker. And then when he when he go back to the locker room, I don't know that nigga no more. Okay. Um, but I think so so answer me this. Does he stay with the Patriots and do another year there under Belichick or does he leave and try to get it somewhere else? You stay with Belichick because you Okay. <laughs> Realistically, I think he stays because it's hard, I think, at this point, because he's even older than what Peyton Manning was when he started over with the Broncos at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think stay and put is probably the best thing for him to stay in the league. I mean, because what kind of asset are you going to give up for Tom Brady at this point? If you're the Patriots, obviously you'll welcome him back, but if you're another team, I'm not. I'm not giving up much. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trading anything for him. So, stay put. I think now more than ever they should veer away from that whole Tom can throw to anybody philosophy, and, and get some real receivers in there. I think I said a while back when they traded um, Demarius Thomas away after they picked up uh, Brown. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a mistake. Should just kept him. Yeah. Number one, injuries happened. Number two, wouldn't you rather have a player like Demarius Thomas who can either take pressure off of Antonio Brown or be an outlet when they're doubling Antonio Brown? Have a top-level receiver like that? Yeah. Um, so why would you just not want to have two great Have receivers? two great receivers, yeah. Like the Browns do. Whoa. <laughs> R.I.P. Freddie Kitchen's career. Yeah. Um, yeah, just get him some help. Get him some guys, man. Like, he doesn't have to carry the offense well into his 40s. Yeah. Really shouldn't, honestly, be the case now. So, just give him some guys. Um, let's see here. Do we have any other sports? Sports going on? I did not. Um, I am going to give a quick L to Jason Johnson of The Root, who is also a MSNBC uh, contributor. 
So I stumbled upon some, uh, some honestly, some pretty hacky takes from Jason here this week about Bernie Sanders. And so he was asked by, I think it was Chris Matthews, who was asking him um, about uh, the Sanders campaign and the, um, the kind of surge that he's had here over the last month or so. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that numbers-wise here in a second. But um, Jason was asked about uh, Bernie Sanders' surge, and he went on to say that, uh, you know, he never really saw the, the idea of Warren and Sanders having this ideological battle of policies, um, you know, because just to kind of summarize it, Sanders fans aren't Sanders fans because of the policies. They're Sanders or bust because they see him as some godlike figure or some savior of the Democratic Party, and they are just going to vote for him no matter what. And, like, so, like, the take was bullshitty enough, but then if you go back, he did another segment on MSNBC in January of 2019 where he completely contradicts himself. He says that Sanders isn't even going to make it through August. I see Bernie Sanders launching his campaign and by August realizing he won't be in the top five in Iowa and dropping out. He's going to get to the end of the summer and realize that he's not in the top four candidates and drop out. So in January, Sanders wasn't even going to make it to the first primary. And now you're saying that Sanders essentially, even bad taken all, you're essentially saying that his support was so strong that people wouldn't care about the policies enough that it, that it would even be a competition between him and L Elizabeth Warren. So which one is it? I mean, you were wrong at both points, mm -hmm. but like your 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 bad hacky takes are contradicting with themselves. Either Sanders has the the strong a strong enough base to where even a bad policy wouldn't hurt him, or he isn't going to make it, his support is so lacking that he isn't gonna, even going to make it to the first primary state in Iowa. It's like it's either or. Sounds to me like he is only saying things to stay famous. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what it is, honestly. I keep, uh, another Carrie Hunter plug. He's popped up on her <laughs> show a couple times. And honestly, he's, he's given really intelligent takes. But, but here, I, I just don't, I don't, un, I don't really understand what he's getting at. It's almost as if he's just saying things to have things to say about Bernie Sanders. About Bernie Sanders. You know, it's it's ironic because who he's actually describing when he's talking about it's Bernie or bust or um, it was never going to be a, a, a policy fight between him and Warren. He's talking about Joe Biden. Joe Biden has the fan base that is Joe Biden or bust. Yeah. Or, or at very least only support him based off a of name recognition or they feel like he's going to be some sort of savior to the Democratic Party, they are only, literally only on the bandwagon of Joe Biden because they feel like he can win. Mm -hmm. Because they feel like he's going to be the one to beat Trump if you're a Biden supporter. Which is very fleeting because if, if more support goes to another candidate... They'll just, they'll just flip. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's basically what he's trying to portray Bernie voters as. Which completely contradicts any bit of imperial evidence you can you can put forth to either combat or support that that claim 
right? Bernie Sanders voters, um, if oh, not even just Bernie Sanders voters, if you look at it, second choice voters, Bernie Sanders leads in. So, so even if you look at it from that standpoint, the people who are not hardened Bernie Sanders fans still have Bernie Sanders at a high mark on their list of candidates, so and that can only relegate. Yeah, and that can only go back to policy. Like, what else could you point to 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 try and and defend that that data other than the fact that they support his policies and if you look at the shit that he's talking about free college medicare for all uh taxing the rich those poll very high against the the democratic electorate so like i i, I really honestly i, I would have if i were having that interview i would have asked him to like give me something to back that up like what are you basing that off of that Sanders fans don't care about the policies? Where where are you getting that from? Or, and again, could be wrong. Could be wrong, because I'm human. Mm-hmm. Or, you're covering your ass for the fact that you said that Sanders wasn't even going to be in this race. And now that he clearly is, and he's one of the leading contenders, he could actually win the Democratic nomination. You're trying to say, oh, well, I thought he was going to be at this position all all there long, you know. Obviously, it's only Biden, Sanders, Buttigieg, and Warren who are vying for this candidacy. So, you know, I knew that all along. Bullshit. You should be ashamed, Jason Johnson. You definitely couldn't have predicted that Mayor Pete would be in the top. Dog, three. stop playing with me. <laughs> um, all right, Tom Brazy, Jason Johnson, Yang Gang. What's what's going on with your boy, man? That's your boy. No, that's your boy. Yang Yang was your. I hipped you to him. I told you that maybe you should pay attention to him, but you were definitely a bigger Yang fan than I was. No, no way. Um, definitely. We could pull the tapes on that. You've definitely been a bigger Yang supporter than me. Find the tapes. Okay, I'll get on YouTube today. <laughs> okay. Um, Yang was also. This is a. This is a. a I guess a kill shot week for MSNBC because he was also on, uh, on MSNBC uh, this past week. Talking about his Medicare, his well, I'm not even going to call it Medicare, his health care plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Andrew Yang seems to have kind of come back a little bit from the Medicare for all umbrella. Uh, and he's now floating the term universal he- health care in its stay. Um, he, his plan essentially doesn't do two of the main pillars that would um define it as a medicare for all plan right it doesn't abolish private health insurance and it doesn't create a single payer system whether that be an all inclusive single payer system um or or uh, an iteration where you would still keep private health insurance but you would still have a uh, a non-costed plan for um for all Americans to, to get into, um, or uh, for lack there of a better term, a public option. Um, it doesn't include either one of those. So what Yang's argument essentially is, is the role of the government isn't necessarily to provide a single-payer health care for all Americans. It's to provide uh, a, an affordable plan, and whenever anyone is saying affordable, you're paying for it, Right? create an affordable plan for Americans to try and drive private health insurers out of the market. So 
your argument is to combat the billion dollar industry, the trillion dollar industry, honestly, that is the private health insurance companies, Aetna, uh, Anthem, um, Liberty, all of those. Your plan to get them out is to create a government plan that essentially what undercuts their price points, I guess, is his argument. Which is not Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. Right? It's okay to say, hey, I don't support Medicare for all. I support going about it this way. Basically, an improved Obamacare. Privatized health insurance that's done through the, the guides of the government that's supposed to take away from privatized health insurance as a whole. Whenever you create this two-tiered system where you have privatized health insurance through an employer and government health insurance, which is still a private health insurer, but it's just doing it through the government. Number one, it's easy to kind of pick it apart and make it the lesser, right? It's easy to demonize it, just like with any other public assistance, just like Section 8 or SNAP or WIC or anything that the wealthy people pay for but don't necessarily utilize. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say, hey, we don't need that, right? If you're somebody who can't apply to it, if you don't meet the financial guidelines to it, it's easy for someone, a politician, to come in and say, hey, you don't get to take advantage of that, but your, your, your taxes go towards it. Why should you pay for someone else to get health care? Why should you pay for someone else to live in a house? Why should you pay for someone else to get this, that, third, and the other? Because you're not able to draw from it, but you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. It's just like Medicare now. Everyone pays for it, but not everyone has access to go and use it. If you make everyone who's paying into it have access to it, now that's what what Andrew Yang likes to say about his deductibles. You have skin in the game. Oh, I'm for deductibles because now you have skin in the game. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) No, you have skin in the game when you're actually able to use it, Mm -hmm. when you don't have to have that employer health insurance. To me, it just sounds like he's, he's cozying up to the insurance companies, right? He wants to be a candidate that when he's elected, they won't automatic or if, if he gets a nomination, he's not automatically attacked by that industry. Because make make no quarrels about it. If Elizabeth Warren or Ann, or Bernie Sanders get elected, they, if they become the Democratic nominee, they will have the full brunt of the 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 uh, insurance industry and the the pharmaceutical industry, even doctors right at their throats because it threatens their bottom line. It threatens their, their, their heightened revenues. It threatens that entire structure where they are getting so, so much of the wealth that's generated from that industry. But for someone like a Yang or someone like a Buttigieg with the Medicare for all who want it plan, um, they're a, a little bit more palatable because they're pliable. You're able to kind of bend them into a situation that's beneficial for both parties. A lot less on the side of the American people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be pliable to the insurance companies. I don't want to be pliable to the pharmaceutical industry. I don't want to bend to their will in the least bit. Your role as a pharmaceutical company is to provide life-saving drugs to the American people. That's it. Damn any profit motive. Your role as a doctor is to provide life-saving services 
are life-sustaining services to the American people, period. It's not to make you one of the wealthiest positions in the country. Now, if we're able to get to that point while simultaneously cutting the amount that we're spending on healthcare in this country as a whole, then more power to you. But what is not acceptable is to be living in a country where three people own more wealth than the bottom half of the country. Oh, by the way, people still go bankrupt over medical bills, over medical expenses, over staying alive. That's not acceptable. And if that's the kind of country we have to live in for our doctors to be very well off or very wealthy people, then I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. So you're telling me our teachers have to live paycheck to paycheck, but our doctors get to be maybe not millionaires, but very well-off people? Where's the disconnect there? Yeah. Yeah, where's the, where's the... So my beef with Yang isn't necessarily that he doesn't support Medicare for All. He even went on to say, oh, well, Medicare for All isn't a bill, isn't the name of a bill. It's an idea. But and that's... But, but, that, but, that's but, what we're but, proposing. But, but, but I'm, again, I'm confused. Your, your ad is explicit. Your ad says Medicare for All... Your plan is not Medicare for all. It's not even Medicare for some because in your plan, there's, there's not even a public option. Our plan is to expand a universal health care system to all Americans. Medicare for all is not the name of a bill. Medicare for all well, is universal health care for all Americans. But that Medicare for all is Medicare for all, right? I mean... Well, our, our health care plan would be, would be based on Medicare and expanding it over time. Uh, to more and more Americans, you lower the eligibility age and then you make it widely accessible. No, no, Andrew, it's two bills. Pramila Jayapal has a bill for Medicare for All. Bernie Sanders has a bill for Medicare for All. Neither one of them are, are that shit that you're placing up. So at least man up and say, like Joe Biden, and say that you don't support Medicare for All. This is your plan. What you're trying to do is you're trying to ride on the coattails of the name because it's a popular proposal while presenting a plan that doesn't piss off the insurance industry. Now, now you're playing political games. Don't claim to be the outsider and be, be the contrary to Washington, and you're playing Washington games, is all I'm saying. So he gets uh, an L on that. My last L, I'm going to give it to the get-go. Giant Eagles gas station. Uh-oh. You know what I'm tired of? What's up? And I used to get real pissed at this uh, going to Speedway's. But then I start going to the to speedways, didn't have the car washes. If I tell you at the beginning of my transaction that I don't want no fucking car wash, don't try to fucking confuse me and put that shit in at the end when I'm pumping my gas. So what uh, get-go does, on top of, have you ever noticed, this is a sidebar, getting on a little bit of a tangent here, but I'm going to get it all out. <laughs> you ever notice when you're driving at a get-go, Usually, when you look at your gas prices, regular unleaded is the top price, right? Mm -hmm. And then below that is the diesel price. It's the more expensive one. Mm -hmm. So that you can see it quickly as you're driving. Yeah. Make a decision if you're going to turn into the gas station. Right. What GetGo does, their top price is the lowest price, but it's not the regular unleaded price. You know what it is? It's their Advantage Programs price. Mm -hmm. Something that you already have to be signed up for. Yeah. So let me give you an example. You're driving down the road to a speedway. You see 250, and then below that is 279 for diesel. Mm -hmm. If you're doing that at a get-go, the top line may say, oh, 242. You're like, oh, shit, 
That's cheaper than the last four gas station <laughs> I've had. Let me turn in. Yeah, that's a regular on get the gas, but you got to be signed up for the little fuck ass rewards program <laughs> to get the two to get the two forty two. And then underneath that is the real regular unleaded. Mm. Sneaky bastards. So now not only are they doing shit like that, but when you go up, you put your card in, they ask you, do you want a car wash? You hit no. Right? You put in your pin, and the next screen that comes up is a screen of car wash options. Didn't I just tell you I didn't want no damn car wash? Ain't that what I just told you? Now you gotta know enough to ignore that on that screen and just hit the regular unleaded. Or you gotta actually be paying attention. Gotta be paying attention. Because if you're right, if you're not, you just pay for a $20 car wash on top of the regular gas that you're buying. Sneaky bastards. That's very true. Stop playing with me, Gecko. Very deceptive. Um, let's see here. Let's get on to the dubs. Bernie Sanders. We were just talking about maybe some reasons people might happen to be uh, eating crow or, or walking back some of their earlier statements on Bernie Sanders. Because not only is he still viable in this race, not only is he still alive, he has a good chance to win it. Uh, the, the fourth quarter donations, some of them, some of the people have released their numbers already. So far, Bernie Sanders is leading. He had $34.5 million in uh, contributions in total, um, coming from 5 million individual donors. Now, I'm not a math whiz, so we, we did a little bit of calculating, you know, before the pod here. That's $6.90 per donor. That's ridiculous. That that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that that doesn't make any six dollars and ninety cents. Now I know I've been a proponent of Bernie Sanders, um, for a while, and I definitely like the fact that he does it without individual, you know, millionaires coming in and giving you know bundles of cash, um, without large corporations coming in and giving large don- donations and shit like that. But I didn't think it was to this degree. You know, when you hear people come out and they say, uh, you know, their average donation is, is $18, their average donation is $20, you know, you think, like, okay, that's not bad. $6.90, that's the true embodiment of a, 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 a campaign that's ran by just the people. Mm-hmm. No special interest, no large donations. No that's. Donation. That is literally people just giving you what they have. Here, I got a dollar. I can give it to you. Here, I got 10 bucks. I can give it to you. I got $5. And people are only willing to do that if they believe in what you're doing. That's a true, that is a true campaign, grassroots campaign ran by the people. That, 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 when people get up there and they say, oh, well, we can't run campaigns with chump change like, like Pete Buttigieg, that spits in the face of bullshit like that. Don't tell me that you can't run a campaign to combat uh, a Donald Trump with with just small donations. That's bullshit. That's what they want you to believe. And that's that's how they actually get people from giving more. This is coming off a quarter where he just had 25 million. And that even that was unexpected with small dollar donations. It's only going up. So don't let people tell you that you can't combat big money, big corporations big people like like Donald Trump with small dollar donations because Bernie Sanders is proving it, right? Booty Judge, 24 and a half million, very impressive. But that's with millionaires lining his pockets. Mm-hmm. That's Wine Cave Pete hustling and bustling down, down, in, and down in these smoky rooms 
behind closed doors, and he came up $10 million less than Bernie Sanders. Don't let people convince you that small dollar donations, whatever you have to give, don't mean anything. Yang came in at uh, so far at third at sixteen and a half million. Um, so yeah, big up to Bernie on that. Uh, Pedro Pascal. I know we've been uh, we've been kind of uh, on Moon Knight watch here. We were, I think, the last pod we were talking about Daniel Radcliffe getting a look. Mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal. The Mandalorian right now is his uh, probably his most popular role. He was also um, uh, Agent Pena on Narcos and Narcos Mexico, and he was um, ah, his name is escaping me on Game of Thrones. Guy got his head exploded. Um, shit, why can't I think of his name right now? That's gonna piss me off. God damn it. I'm going to move on from now, but I'm going to come back. But Pedro is also being eyed for the role of Moon Knight as well. I don't know if I like this one as much. He's an amazing actor. Um, I don't know. I like Shia and I like Daniel Radcliffe a lot better for this role. And I feel like it could end up being a, um, a conflict with all the other things that that guy has going on. He's a pretty popular actor. I think they are going to do another season of Narcos. So that would obviously be a conflict. Um, They would obviously find a way to um, get around his Mandalorian. um, That, you know, taping schedule with them, you know, it all being Disney. So they obviously find a way around that. I just don't know if I would like him as Moon Knight. I think there are definitely roles I could see him as in, in the Marvel Universe. There are plenty. There's a plethora of, of characters that you can go through to find the right fit. I feel like this one would be a little bit forced. He's a lot older in the show. Than yeah, than 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 Radcliffe and Shia LaBeouf. So I don't I don't know what. That also could could go back to you know what they're thinking about doing in terms of the age of the character. So if you're thinking about a younger Mark Spector as Moon Knight then you would obviously want to do a, a, a Shia or a Daniel Radcliffe. If you're thinking of doing a more seasoned veteran Moon Knight, then maybe a Pascal makes a little bit more sense. Um, I don't know. What, this is a, th- I think this is going to be a big show for them because if you're going after names like this, like Shia LaBeouf, Daniel Radcliffe, if you're looking to, to, to re-up more cash to Pascal, for, for Mark Spector, then I think they anticipate this playing a large role going forward. So that's, that's something to keep an eye out on. Um, another Marvel movie news, they did get um, sole ownership of the uh, Hulk and Namor franchises as well. So that would be interesting. You know, we talked a little bit about Namor potentially being in uh, Black Panther 3. Um, amongst other Marvel films here coming up. I don't know what they're going to be doing with the Hulk, though. Making actual Hulk films? Well, I don't I don't think they're going to do a Hulk standalone film. I think that's part of the... Because Universal owns both N- Namor and... It's, it, it, it's, it's kind of weird. So I guess they own the film rights, but ownership of, of the character in general is still through Marvel. 
like Disney Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. so they can still use him in other movies. They just can't have a standalone film. So, I don't know. Is that kind of like how the Spider-Verse is with uh, Spider-Man? No, a little different because they've already, they've already made two standalone Spider-Man films, Disney has. Well, Disney in, in cooperation with Sony. Yeah. So, I guess they could do a deal like that. But, like, my thing is you made him Professor Hulk in the end of Endgame. So, like, that Hulk to me, it's intriguing. I like that they went there and... and within the shrouds of Endgame, but the way that they did it kind of makes it permanent. Like, how do they go back to having that that rage-filled, like, kind of beast, mindless beast of a Hulk, which is honestly the more popular Hulk? How do you get back to that if you found a way to separate the two, to put the brains of Bruce Banner into the body of the Hulk? Like, how, how do you go in reverse of that and and make it make sense within continuity? I don't, I don't think they... I think... You'll see him pop up a lot on the She-Hulk show that they have coming out next year. Um, but in terms of having a She-Hulk s- show going on next year? Yep, Disney Plus. I Disney Plus. Plus. Yep, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, WandaVision, Moon on Wanda. top of the Winter Soldier and Falcon, uh, Hawkeye. I thought Hawkeye was the movie. Mm-mm. Hawkeye's going to be a TV show. Okay. So, I don't know. I think they got a lot going on. Um, but just having a little bit more, a little bit more leeway on how they use the character should be nice. Um, so I know you usually are the guy for the game shows, but I had an idea and you don't watch this show cause you don't watch anything. So I, I kind of took responsibility for it. So with, um, stars having the, uh, the last of the final episodes for power mm-hmm. launching off tonight. I thought we'd uh, play a little game for the listeners okay. to get involved in, and we are going to make some picks too. So if you did see uh, the end of the first part of the season, at the end of the episode, only spoiler, I promise, but you've probably already seen it if you're connected to the world, Ghost gets shot, right? Falls over the barrier, and now the whole thing is who shot Ghost? So, contenders, we've got Tasha, Tate, Tommy, Tariq, Paz, which is Angela's sister, Sax, or is it some mysterious character that we don't know is Lumini in the dark? You going with Tasha? I think it was Tariq. That was my second if they're if they're holding to form of just doing stupid shit, <laughs> which honestly, this would be the one and only time I feel like he's justified for doing stupid shit because Ghost is on some real sucker shit right now, making his son turn himself in. Because if he was gonna do that, you should have let the nigga take the rap in the first place. Like when all of this shit went down, should let his little dumbass go to juvie way back when. Maybe y'all could have worked something out. Said it was self-defense, something. I don't know. Um, I think it was Tyreek. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I think it's Tyreek. It makes the most sense. Like, Tasha, at the end of the day, she did some foul shit to Ghost. Like, she's literally putting Tommy on his head. 
like let and letting him giving him the green light to kill Ghost. Mm-hmm. So like, I think ultimately she would rather let that play out than pull the trigger herself. Tate, I I just don't I don't think he has the balls. I think he's just a, a character that they threw into this whole thing to try to create some confusion. He don't he don't have the nuts. Uh, Tommy, he's crazy enough. Yeah. Definitely crazy enough to do some shit like that. But I don't know. I don't know. It could be Tommy. Tommy's a possibility. I think t- Tariq's a little bit more likely than Tommy. You think that's not too easy to make it Tommy? I do. I do. But at the same time, they've got all these different characters as a possibility, so you don't necessarily think, oh, it's Tommy. You know what I mean? They got a lot of misdirection going on here. Um, Paz. I don't think she would go from, okay, we good. I know you didn't kill Angela back to, okay, no, go kill Jamie that quick. Just because she wouldn't, just because he wouldn't tell her who actually did it. Like that might piss you off. But at the same time, you always had a suspicion that Jamie knew who did it if he didn't do it. So like it, it really wouldn't, it, that would be one of those things that pisses me off if it ends up being paused. Because that, that's, it's just one of those things where like, all right, man, power, y'all doing it right. Y'all are going out right. Don't fuck it up with, with no nonsense. <laughs> with no Daenerys lost her mind. Now she's got to burn all of King's Landing bullshit. Don't, don't do that. Uh, Sax is too much of an idiot and a pussy. So absolutely not. Now, the other, um, you know, position is interesting to me. What if, well, no, it can't be Kanan. They killed Kanan. What if it's, I don't know. That's, mm, mm, mm. What if it's that witness that he sent away? The one that he uh, he killed her boyfriend way back in the day. The one he paid to go leave. Mm-hmm. What if it's... Uh, it, it definitely could be one of the Serbs. Because there, there's no way that they're just on board with the story that Dre killed uh, Jason. It could be... Somebody else that's related to Teresi that found out that that ghost set that whole shit up. It could be. It could be uh, somebody else in Benny's family for, or Proctor's family. Because they, they may feel like ghost set setting him up to get killed by Tommy. But my thing is, it has to close within six episodes, correct? Right. But all of that. I don't feel like any of that is too far-fetched that it wouldn't make sense to close it out in this season with them trying to kill Ghost. Because everybody knows Ghost is a lying motherfucker. Everybody knows he be setting niggas up. True. So, like, they tired of that shit. But I feel like you would need a whole season to, like, close that if you if you make it two episodes. They got at least four or five more episodes. Yeah. So but then would the ending not be rushed at that point? Like, yeah, you just added a whole new aspect. Now you have to close that. And yeah. Close the series. So if it's a other, it's a other we haven't been paying attention to for a long ass time. Yeah. 
somebody who was there the entire time through all these steps. I'm going to tell you who's a dark horse in all of this. That new chick that he scooped up. You don't know who I'm talking about. The, the, the political chick, the chick that was running, uh, I think her name is Mona, who was running um, Tate's campaign and now is like, I guess, Jamie's new girlfriend or whatever. That could be that could be a thing. She had a theory that that she's really Silver's wife. That she's Terry Silver's wife, and that when Ghost killed Terry Silver, she went into a rage and concocted this whole plan to get in with James. And then, so that that could be that could be some shit. Yeah. Only thing is, it doesn't make sense to me because they have been talking about her divorce. The entire season. Mm-hmm. So at that point, we didn't have multiple conversations about my divorce. It, it leads me to believe that that ghost knows who her husband is because they've been talking about her divorce this whole fucking time. Right. If her divorce, if her divorce was from Terry Silver, I think that would have came up at some point, especially since he killed Terry Silver. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man, but. I'm putting it to the listeners as well. Drop some comments on SoundCloud. Drop some comments on the YouTube. Let us know who you think it is out of Tasha, Tate, Tommy, Tariq, Paz, Sax, or other. Let us know. Interested. Definitely interested to see that. And then if somebody ends up getting it right, I'll write down some of the I'll write down the responses from everybody. And if somebody ends up getting it right, you'll get shouted out. Definitely thought you were about to say, I'll write a check myself. No. <laughs> you ain't got no money to give you. But you'll get a congratulations. I'll write a we'll check drop some for $5, competitive. All right. Uh, is, that, is that all you got? Yeah, that's it, man. I'm cool. done. I'm out. Cool. So, uh, only got, well, I got two L's on the toss up to let you get out of the way. Okay. First L goes to Adrian Brown. So, if you are aware of the Cash Me Outside drill, aka Bad Baby. Oh, boy. Uh, then you might also be aware that Adrian Broner just slid into the DMs of a 16-year-old. Um, he sent her a DM and she exposed it. He sent, text me, crazy girl, which sounds like some shit that a creepy person would send to a 16-year-old. Creepy old nigga. For creepy reasons. And not actually surprised that Adrian Broner did that. But he was definitely deserving of that L. He's such a fucking lame, man. No, a sixteen-year-old girl is screenshotting your DMs. Like you, that you're a fucking lame. <laughs> like I, I know it's a lot of niggas in Cincinnati that love Adrian Broner, man, and like he from Ohio, and you want to support him, and like as at some point he's not even that young no more, bro. You approaching thirty? Mm. You're at, he's at least my age. He's not younger than me. Mm-hmm. So like like this shit is not cool anymore. No, like, this shit is embarrassing. And then it's one thing if it's like a grown, he is 30 years old. 30 years old. This girl is literally half your age, bro. Mm -hmm. Mm. And and it's one thing to slide into a grown-ass woman's DMs and then she just exposed you. Then, okay, well, hey, you shot your shot. It's a little-ass girl. Yeah. Shit, bro. And then all he can say is that he wasn't aware that she was under like, well, fucking you lie. know who she is, then you know... You know she's young enough that you should leave her the fuck alone. Exactly. Exactly. You, you know she's at least... Even if she's 18, you 30, bruh. 
You yeah. 30. Chill. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I got another L that goes along with the same in scoring. Um, Thursday, I believe. Um, well, let me let me just let me just start off the story. So back when I was in Akron, uh, I was I was attempting to make beats and sell drums, and so. This is during the time that I was also. But the other side was sunny. I get paid to rap on beats. <laughs> this is also a time where I was working at Best Buy, so I wasn't bringing in a lot of money. And so I figured maybe I can sell some beats and supplement my income. Uh, I would be, I'd be all good. So this is at a time where I was just DMing random rappers um, and trying to see if you know I can sell them some beats. Uh, and I came across an artist by the name of Lexi Ali J. Um, yeah, just, just one of the, the rappers. I also, strangely enough, um, I don't know if you pay attention to Battle Rap enough to know who Jazz the Rapper is, um, but Probably she not. is also another person who I ended up DMing before I knew who they were. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this person, you know, I'm trying to DM them um, and, you know, send them some beats or whatever, um, put it on my website, and, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, I like those beats, but I kind of am looking for um, J. Cole type beats and she, I was looking at her profile she was like a huge fan of J. Cole mm -hmm. and so uh, I just kind of remembered that as I was kind of um, I always wondered like after kind of looking into her situation like I wonder what happened to that girl mm -hmm. she was such a huge fan of J. Cole um, anyway so that story just to say that Thursday um, a trending topic uh, on Twitter was Lexi and I was like that's kind of how she spells her name I wonder Turns out New Year's Day that she had passed away. Damn. Um, because I guess of a overdose on New Year's Day. And so uh, after seeing that, I'm starting to see a lot of people react to it. Um, a lot of people like Trelawney, um, Box from Dreamville, Russ, uh, L. Varner, a lot of people. <laughs> um, and so, you know, RIP to her for sure. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting to see somebody who came from nothing kind of blow up into a situation where, like I said, she had a lot of stars and impacted a lot of stars I know. And she was getting shouted out. Yeah. It's unfortunate, man, that she uh, she had to go out like that. Did, did you know, did they say anything about, like, what it was? No. Nah. Nah. I, I haven't seen, because uh, I haven't touched any of the story. But it was definitely, a, it was a drug overdose. Yeah, that's that's what I was seeing from um, comments on her Instagram. Bam. Post. Yeah. New Year's Day, too, man. Yeah. Shitty. I think she was she was kind of still on the rise, so it just kind of sucks that the artist uh, was gone before they got to see um, success. Yeah, man. Dang. Honestly, it makes me it makes me think about like the kind of culture that we like we promote mm -hmm. because. Yeah, you know, you like to have fun, you like to kick it, everybody turns up their own way. You know what I mean? You drink, you smoke, whatever, you pop. But, like, I think the glorifying of it is what makes people who wouldn't necessarily try it or get into getting that lane, that's what pushes them towards it. You know what I mean? Because you, you could be content with just smoking weed or just drinking or, or whatever. Yeah. And then you get into those certain crowds where like 
It's like, yeah, you know, I got a, some perks. I got a Viking. Yeah. I got this. I got that. And it's like, that cannot be your lane, but then you dabble in it. Right. And now you hooked on some shit that you ain't had no business playing with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the culture told you to, because they told you that this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what you're supposed to be sipping. This is what you're supposed to be popping. And I definitely wonder about that for young creatives who probably hear from another person that this is how they get into their process. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Type shit. So, like, I don't know, man. I want everybody to be able to live their lives and, and drink and smoke whatever they want. But at the same time, keep what's, what's for you for you. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's cool to be promoting Vicodin. First of all, Percocet ain't going to cut you no fucking check. But you sure are making them niggas rich. Absolutely. You sure are making Pfizer, whoever makes that damn drug, rich as hell, rich as fuck. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're not gonna look at it from a perspective of, you know, this is hurting your people, at least look at it for a, from a perspective of no free promo. Promethazine is not cutting you a fucking dime. Facts. But you are making them rich. I don't even think there's still a company, whoever originally made Sorry, uh, activists. Okay. Uh, they're not even uh, a company anymore. anymore. That's why Future said, uh, I thought it was a drought. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Is that what that song was about? Yeah. Fucking drought because druggy. Yeah. Goddamn junkie. Yeah. I, when it, so when are we going to start looking at, at these rappers like the, the motherfucking, the tweaks that you see in your neighborhood? You show them niggas absolutely no respect at all. <laughs> but but you glorify these, these rich junkies. A, a rich junkie is still a junkie, bro. That, it's just a junkie that can buy his own shit and don't gotta, don't gotta do nothing extra for it. Yeah. What makes Future any less of a junkie than than any nigga that you see walking on the street? Besides the fact that he can buy his own drugs. Well, there's also the fact that apparently he doesn't also do the drugs that he. You're right. He, Future is a reformed man. So, um, what 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 makes uh, oh. Alex's favorite junkie. What, what makes Lil Pump any any less of a junkie? Junkie. You know, Lil Pump. Cause I've been seeing a lot of clips of him talking about future alcohol. Mm-hmm. So we just we just gonna let it go. That's we need to start calling these niggas tweaks, man. Like that shit's not cool. It's 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 not cool. It's one thing to be high. It's one thing to be drunk. It's a whole another thing to be a whole fucking tweak out here. Whole, whole fucking Jaybird, so I, I don't think that shit's cool. No, R.I.P. to what's her name? Lexi Ali J. Um, on to some more uh, fun news to talk about. Uh, I played you a clip of this, and actually I'm gonna play a clip for the listeners of a new teaser for a song that's coming out. Do you wanna hear it again? Uh, sure. Because I had you guess, and you didn't guess. Who I mean, you're playing it for them at this point. I don't want to. Did I already say designer? Somebody who's pretty famous. Okay. 
Um, somebody who we've talked about on this podcast countless times. Somebody who we talked about today. Countless times? Today? Not countless times today, but we, we, we mentioned this person today. So give me one more guess. Damn. That's not Lil Baby. No. That is Antonio Brown. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that is Antonio Brown. His new song coming out. Whole lot of money. Uh, first of all, you burning through a whole lot of money because you're not working right now. Like, do niggas think we dumb? You you think I'm stupid, huh? You you think I'm so dumb and I'm so enamored with with, with this with this shit that you put out that like I just believe that you just look. Listen, man, NFL players get played by the game mm-hmm. on their non guaranteed contracts. So I'm sure you have millions of dollars, mm-hmm. but I'm also sure you have millions of dollars worth of bills because oh, you flaunt it. Facts. You have a lot of cars. You got houses that need to get paid for. Pro- even if they're bought off, you still got property taxes and you got utilities. And I know that shit isn't cheap. You got kids. You got all kind of shit. So I know you have millions of dollars worth of expenses. Mm-hmm. With no new revenue coming back in. So do you think I'm a fucking moron? You think I'm dumb? I got a whole lot of money. Not for long. <laughs> Please give me a job. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. Especially now that you're supposedly trying to get a job with the Saints. Probably not the best time to release a music video. And you know, you know what? Honestly, it don't have no bearing on that. Like, if he got to get a job with the Saints and, and, and he wants to turn into a rapper, fine. Fine, whatever, cool, but like you think I'm, you think I'm stupid, mm-hmm. you think I'm dumb, big time. Ah, fucking clown, man. And he has a chance to get back into the NFL. Yeah. That that fucking that clown. And not Colin Kaepernick. So so let me get this straight. If you go out here and, and you jig and you jive and, and you put on a fucking minstrel show for these white people, then then you'll get your shot back in the, in the, in in the league. Right, you go out here and sing and dance, and you look like a fucking moron, and don't stand for shit, don't stand for nothing, then you'll get your shot. But if you cap, and you stand up for yourself, then it's over. You, got no chance. you stand up for yourself, and you stand up for the people, mm-hmm. you got no shot. Mm-hmm. I got two more things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, you're coming out with an album. Who? Antonio Brown. You're coming out with an album. Okay. What do you think the album is called? Fuck nigga is what it should be called. Close, by the way. No more white women, twenty twenty. <laughs> so like his, his, I think his thing is is probably at this point to try to get on TV. Yeah. Try to yeah. Yeah. Try to do a whole bunch of interviews and get some cash off of that. I don't I don't know like what what other rev what what calculations are we making here, bro? Like who's who is this man's publicist? Who, who is this? Who is this man's representation? Who is leading this brigade? Whose idea was this? Probably. Probably. Um, the other thing is, you know, despite all of the buffoonery around it, song is kind of hot, though, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, when it was designer, you thought it was cool, but now it ain't. No, I didn't think it was designer. <laughs> I didn't think it was cool when I thought it was designer. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's all I got, man. Um, any other noteworthy WZL takes? Anything? 
I don't think about it. I don't think so. Um, shout out to my squad against Michigan State this afternoon. Go blue. Let's get it. I think they. I think that shit might have started. It started at one thirty. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Go blue. Anything else? We're underway. Uh, that's it for me, dog. Shout out to all the listeners. Appreciate it. Stick with us. Big things to come in 2020. Facts. And we will see you on the next episode. Peace.